Hello and welcome back to episode two of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. Paddy Andrews, you're still here. Andy Moran, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, looking forward to it. Um, had a busy weekend, but uh, happy to, to look forward to next weekend now as well. Well, Paddy. Yeah, two weeks in. Flying it. What could go wrong? How's the <laughs> golf game? You were out playing last night? I was. I was playing. There's a myth about golf, and it's funny. And people said this to me. The more you play golf, the better you're meant to get. That is not true. I can confirm. I have been playing flat out since the lockdown has lifted, and I'm getting worse every single week. So... I had this notion that once I retired from GAA, I'd be out in the course and I'd be off scratch in no time. Yeah. I am not not there yet. It's going to take a few more months or years, I'd say, to get there. But enjoying it, though. I nice often evenings. wondered, Tommy, I often wondered how married, retired, with kids, footballers go playing golf and get away with going for three or four hours for a round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm nowhere near that time soon, but... Uh, it's important to have it in the locker room. Yeah, it's important yeah, to have it in the locker room. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing it before. Yeah, so yeah, there's exactly. no way I have can it take it up now. Yeah, yeah. Good thinking. You're not going to tell us what you're playing off now or we're going to save that for another podcast. No, I, I, might, I could lie and tell you I'm off a really low number, but there's no point. Okay. Come back to me at the end of the summer. Okay, well, listen, lads. Uh, first off, I suppose we probably want to say thanks to everyone for listening into episode one of the podcast. It got a, it got a super reaction, got a really good reaction. So thanks a million to everybody who tuned in. And if you haven't hit subscribe yet, that's that's a big thing for us. Just hit subscribe. If you're listening on the OTB Sports app, you just go into the podcast section, you, you hit follow. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe and you'll get the podcast every Wednesday and you won't have to look at me tweeting about it every bloody week. So <laughs> that's, that's where we're going. That's like the first episode, the first podcast. How did it feel? Like the, the aftermath of it, were you, were you happy? Did, were you happy with your performance? Did it bring up back any memories of, you know, the first time putting on the Dublin or the Mayo jersey or, or was it just par for the course? You were just, you, you, you expected that kind of performance. Well, being, being a culture and I didn't say I suppose a lot, uh, which is quite which is quite a benefit. Um, yeah, a few little uh, gimmicks in there that I say all the time that I've noticed that I say, but I I was good. I think it was it was really enjoyable. It was um, as you may have seen, as everyone may may have heard myself and Paddy are shy of a few words, so I think that helps as well. <laughs> Look, the football wasn't bad last weekend, so we may as well get straight into it. Andy, you were down in Tralee. How good were Galway? Live in the flesh. How good were they? Or sorry, Kerry. How good were Kerry? Come back to how bad goal we were. How good yeah. were Kerry? But I think that's on the tip of everyone's tongues. Every time you talk about Kerry, um, you have to talk about uh, talk about Galway as well. Mm. On, on the flip side of it, and, and I actually wrote down on um, on Sunday. It was Sunday evening. I actually wrote it down afterwards. I said, "Why do we always focus on the the, the poor play? You know, because we, we do that so often in GA. So I think it's very important to reflect." and focus on what Kerry actually did on, on Saturday evening, first night out. Um, and you couldn't say anything different that they put on an exhibition of football. They were, they were superb throughout at Foley, O'Begley on the mm. full back line. Uh, they get the disappointed in losing Ryan just before the game in goals and Young Fitzgibbon comes in and does a good job. But the two boys were excellent in the full back line. Foley was really out in front, really attacking the ball, something that he hasn't done yet in his career. Uh, so it's very interesting to see him doing that, going through Shane Walsh once or twice, or Begley at the same. And then when you just get up front, they were sensational. And uh, the role of Sean, Sean Shea, um, and we'll talk about Kieran Kilkenny and Niall Scully later on, because doing similar, doing similar jobs. Mm. And then Paulie Clifford, David Clifford inside. And it'd be absolutely remiss not to mention Dara Moynihan, because he ran the 45, yeah. and nobody could stick with him. Like, I mean, nobody could stick with him from Galway at all. And they just, they, they, they ran amok, and it's, it was beautiful to watch. But I, I've been in that situation, um, I've been in the situation where back in the noughties, we, we played against Owen Brosnan, and he'd given me a yard of space, and he runs through you, and he destroys you, and you see Gooch, and even Declan Quill did it to us in Casabara one time. You kind of see these guys, and if you give them a half yard of space, the talent these Kerry boys can produce, they're in big trouble and goal would give them 10 yards of space and they just uh, they put on an exhibition. Mm. Paddy, you were watching at home. Andy was obviously there. What did yeah. you make about watching at home? It's funny and you're talking about last week's pod. The main thing we focused on with Kerry and the question we asked of them was could they get back to their best up front and could their forwards kind of link and, and work more as a unit as opposed to relying on David Clifford's individual brilliance? And you can kind of look at it and say, well, David Clifford scored 3-6, so what are you talking about, lads? He does have that individual brilliance, but that was the most 
impressive thing. They answered that question that we asked. That forward unit were back to their best. And, and like Andy has said there, Dara Moynihan and Paddy Clifford, those two guys played such a pivotal role. And, and even though Paddy Clifford scored 1-2, I wouldn't say he's going to be in the full forward line as a scorer for the summer. His role and Moynihan's role is to link that play, make those hard runs away from goal to let the so-called, I'd say, their four marquee forwards of Ganey, Sean O'Shea, Killian Spillane goes under the radar as well. Four points from play, David Clifford. And the way they worked as a unit, even though Clifford will still grab the headline scoring three, six, that was the most impressive thing. And, and we'll chat about the other games over the weekend. All you're looking for from the first couple of National League games and what we're looking at is who's doing something new. What, what new coaches have brought something in? What teams are playing a little bit different? And Kerry's forward play up front that is them at their best. They've got away from this, trying to play defensive lads in the half-forward line, trying to rely just solely on the 2019 version of David Clifford and individual brilliance. Their forward play as a unit was what was really, really outstanding. And I know we'll get to it. We'll talk about Dublin and their forward play and their shooting accuracy, how the percentage is always in the 80 85%. Um, and if you look at that, all of Dublin's scores at their best come from the centre channel. You know, Dean Rock, uh, Conor Callan, Kieran Kenny, they end up scoring from 30 yards out in front of the post. And you're thinking, how in God's name are they getting that space there? But that is the forwards working together. And that is what Kerry did at the weekend. Even though David Clifford scored 3-6 from play, all, all of his scores were right in the centre channel, right in front of the post. It's because of the unit and forward players around getting him into the easiest positions. And you contrast it to the court game last year, the game they lost, Clifford was getting the ball on on the sideline and trying to beat three fellas and kick it over his shoulder to score. You know, you can't rely on that consistently to get you over the line. But when the Kerry forwards are working together and they're getting David Clifford the ball in front of the post, I mean, that is trouble for everyone else. And that was the most impressive thing I felt. You're going home there on Saturday evening, you're Paddy Clifford, you know. Yeah. yeah, David has scored three six, and you know you've left a hat trick behind you. You're disgusted, you know. <laughs> he, ta- he takes it. He takes it around the keeper with his right, puts it wide. He, he you know, power mm-hmm. makes a great save. But um, ah, no, they were sensational, and I totally agree. Killian Sivan four points, like had a really quiet game, but scored four points. But what I loved about it was D- David Clifford's first goal. There's there's space in front of Sean O'Shea. He doesn't run into it, and he did this for years. Uh, Paddy, where he gives it to Splanade and runs. He knows he's taking two with him. If he, if, he, if, he, if he runs into that space, someone just cuts him and takes him out of the game. He kicks it, runs, knows where Clifford is, no look pass across the goal, tap in for David Clifford. It was, it was just brilliant. But, but that, that, that bit, Andy, that, that is exactly what we were talking about. And that, that was carried at the best. And it was the same for Clifford's. If you look at his first two goals, the first goal, Sean O'Shea makes a hard run. He gets the ball on the halfway line, looks up, and Killian Spillane starts his run from in front of the post and he makes a sprint out to the sideline and he knows Sean O'Shea hits a 40-yard kick pass, brilliantly executed, one bounce pass into his hands. Now, Killian Spillane gets the ball and he knows I'm not really in a dangerous position here. I could try and beat my man myself and, and play as an individual. He draws his own man away from goal as well as the goal with defence shifts across to that side of the pitch. Sean O'Shea continues his run. Killian Spillane pops him the pass. Sean O'Shea is now bearing a goal and the fullback and, and Bernard Perro come out and try and close him off and a brilliant pass and who was standing there on his own in front of the post my mother could have, bought, could have put the Rock. ball it into the Dean net Rock. it was Dean Rock <laughs> honestly <laughs> and, and you're exactly right Andy Dublin have scored that goal yeah. for 10 years it was Bernard Brogan it was Dean Rock and Clifford that, that is just brilliant forward play and that's the other forwards working for Clifford and his second goal the exact same Killian Spillane gets a ball, catches a mark out on the corner flag. Now, again, if the Kerry guys are playing as individuals or Killian Spillane is trying to do it himself, he might say, well, I'm going to take this mark and try and kick it over myself. And he has the talent to do that. Instead, he puts a brilliantly executed 30-yard pass to the edge of the square. And it's not Clifford there. He swapped with Sean O'Shea. Sean O'Shea collects the ball and Clifford is coming clean through from the D. And again, it's an easy finish for someone of his quality. So even though Clifford will grab the headline score in 3-6, it was the movement and the execution of the Kerry forwards which made him stand out and which made them. That was Kerry at their best. And what I love about... Apart from... Sorry, yeah, I just have one more thing, yeah. Andy. Just, just uh, as well as the movement, okay, and, and, and the link play for Kerry forwards, I just really want to emphasise, because this gets overlooked, the execution of their skills. Mm. And when I was looking at other games over the weekend... Kerry at their best, they have brilliant footballers and I put them and Dublin in the same category. 
they don't fumble the ball. They don't hand pass the ball along the ground. They don't slice kick passes 20, 30 yards outside. They don't hit bad wides. The absolute perfect, perfect precision and execution of their handling, their hand passing, their kick passing, that just was carrying full flow. And if you contrast Clifford's first goal, there was the exact same play the next day when Roscommon played Dublin. In the first five minutes, Paul Craig runs clean through on the Dublin goal, exactly like Sean O'Shea did the day before. And, and Carl Craig hand passes the ball across to Dermot Murta. The hand pass is a little bit behind Murta. It's a little bit over his head. He has to break stride, tries to pab it into the net and ends up hitting the post and they miss that goal chance just because the execution was a little bit off and that was the difference. Kerry at their best, Dublin at their best. Those, those passes go to hand and they are ruthless. So the execution of their skills, but also the movement up front. That was Kerry at their best. We asked them, we asked, could they bring it? And Jesus Christ, they, they brought it all right on Saturday against Galway. Andy and Paddy, it was only 40 minutes. Like it's 4.12 after 40 mm. minutes. There's that blistering start where they kill, like, okay, Galway were probably dead in the water already, but they, they murdered them at the start of the second half. How many times have we seen Dublin come out after a break or a water break and just make the very most of that restart and the game is just gone? It's just over. Yeah, but um, I think I, I think Paddy touched on that last last week. Where who did you say you got hammered by? Was it in nine? Toronto twenty. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they got hammered in them two games, and they learned from them. And Gilroy learned from them, and they brought them on. And the Kerry have learned from last year, from my evidence in the first. Yeah. In the first, looks like I was I was at the Mio Kerry game last year before the first lockdown. Kerry destroyed us in the first half. Absolutely destroyed us. But let us just literally didn't show up in the second half. Typical what young fellas would do, came out in the second half <laughs> and literally just stopped playing. And Keith Higgins had a chance to equalise that, equalise that game. And it just hit the outside the post, went wide, just at the last last part of the game, even though Kerry were nine, ten points up. Now you think about the Cork game. Took the foot off the gas, weren't ruthless enough, didn't put a team away. Now they came out the last day in the second half and Power had a kick out, right? The window throw and Power then has a kick out. They are screaming like, and they're getting a good bounce out of pushing up, squeezing. They're a hungry team, and to me, that was this class and the skill you could put down to Gola being, I suppose, weak, like weak and not not ready for the challenge. Where the hunger to really close the kick out, really push it to see someone of Clifford's quality, like high five and Sean O'Shea because they've squeezed the kick out because Bernard Power has to put. Didn't get the didn't get it outside the twenty one with one of his kickouts. That was the biggest change for me, and that's where um, I think that's where they'll get the biggest learning. And now we can't take away for the level goal we're at. I look at the goal of players, players. Cole Conroy talked him up, talked him up here last week, and rightly so. Thought he was outstanding last year, but now once did uh, Paul, who player of great respect for, go back in and help Mulkerns at any stage. Now I'm telling you, mm. if if back in the day, if Killian O'Connor or myself or Jason Doherty had the better one of the Dublin players. You wouldn't have to ask twice for Johnny Cooper to drop back in at six or Keno Sullivan mm. to drop or McCarthy to come into six yeah. and O'Sullivan to drop. It didn't have to be asked. It wasn't a message from Jason Sherlock running in. They just did it. They could spot the problem. Now, you have a 20-year-old and Jack Glynn playing a cornerback. You have Johnny Heaney, quality player, playing left half-back experience. Gary O'Donnell playing right half-back, 34-35. And you have Paul Conroy playing in the middle of the field. You've got to sit back in there. You've got to give them a hand. You can't let young Mulcairns one-on-one with David Clifford and let him score 1-6. You can't let young Glynn into the corner, 20 years of age, and make mm. his debut a cornerback in Kerry. As a senior player, you've got to spot that danger and you've got to go in and help your guys. So, yes, Kerry, brilliant. Hunger, brilliant. But on the flip side of that, Galway don't have to be able to spot these little things on the field and go in and help their teammates when they're in a bit of trouble. I suppose one of the other things, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, Paddy, was the ability to rotate um, the carry forwards. They have shooters mm. in all six. They're all attacking yeah. players. Um, yeah. There was oftentimes a Sean O'Shea was the, the deepest man, the first receiver yeah. inside in the full forward line. And other times, David Clifford picked the score or two out around 40 yards exactly. out because he didn't load the space. Put, your, put, put yourself back in, in the, when, you're, when you're playing in a top-level game. How much of a difference does it make to be able to go out to wing forward or if, if, if a wing forward scores a point there in corner forward, what's that doing to the defence? Like, well, you... uh, Tommy, it, it, the best teams do that. The, the best teams are able to do that. You have flexibility in your forward line. If you're a defender, the easiest thing is, 
I'm matching up with this guy. He's going to be standing in a corner forward and that's my area to pitch. You don't have to think. It's nearly, it's nearly brain dead. All you have to do is just deal with one guy in one position. Kerry, that's the flow we're looking for. You, you looked at Dublin the next day doing it. Kerry Kilkenny swapping with Cormac Costello and Conor Callahan. Donny Gall do it quite well as well. You know, Murphy drifts into full forward and he might switch with McBurty. All of a sudden he's out around the middle of the pitch. That's ability to move and the flow and to be able to do that just that ease like Andy was saying you're not waiting for coaches to be able to tell you to do that that is a team working together that's the players calling that um, and you're right if you contrast that to Galway exactly what Andy said about the defenders it was nearly all over the pitch Galway were just playing on their own there, there was no real unit there was no hunger there was no work rate like they're getting a trimming and, and like I say I've been on the end of a few of them before you need to row in together. You need your midfielders, you need your half forwards dropping back. Even if it's not part of the game plan, if you're being wiped, let's try and get a bit of solidity to our game. And it just seemed to be every man for himself. And that, that would be probably the most disappointing thing for Park and for the Galway team. But like I say, I think Kerry in that flow, with that movement of their forwards and the, just the interplay, like, you know, that's that has them as one of the best teams in the country when they do that. You know, they were missing that last year, but you can see they've probably learned their lessons and gone away from that trying to play into their shell a bit. But for Galway, it just seemed to be in isolation, leaving the defenders on their own, their forwards trying to play on their own. And they, they just, there was no answer, no way back for them. And that's like, they're looking to need a big, big reaction against Ross Common this weekend. Because if you remember the first game after lockdown against Mayo last year in mm. the league, it was the exact same story. They could see that I think it was 323-324. Like, if you're talking about being contenders for Allard, that should not be happening. That's the real worry for Galway. Like, they have a lot of things to look at in, in, in a pretty short space of time to try and turn that around. But I if, ask if you, you both. To, to, sorry, sorry Tommy, just two yeah, yeah. great moments on it, right? Because uh, you're on about the switch in a play. Sean O'Shea for Clifford's second goal. If you can watch it back, if there's any young fellow... Brilliant. Oh, it was brilliant. O'Shea catches it, but Clifford comes alive. Like, he literally, you can see, mm. okay, my buddy has it here. I know he's going to give it to me. Bang, he comes alive and buries one into the back. And but, then, but, uh, Andy, it, it was that good. It almost looked like a set play. Mm, it yeah. wasn't a set play, because I, I know Clifford's playing got the mark. But at its best, that's what it looks like. Yeah. That's And if you're thinking, you compare to Kerry last year, it was just David Clifford inside the 21 on his own. And that that seemed to be it. Kick it to him and, and he'll pull something out of the bag. Whereas this was really structured, really efficient. Clinical. And, and, and clinical. And Kerry have the forwards to do that. When those players do that, they are a handful. And that's, that's the interesting thing for this Sunday against Dublin because you've got... Without doubt, the two top teams going toe-to-toe and there won't be sweepers. There won't be, you know, it'll yeah. be man-on-man between those two teams. And if Kerry can kind of bring that sort of movement, that sort of precision to their game, the Dublin forwards do it and, and they, they kind of touched on it against Roscommon the following day. It's going to be a brilliant, brilliant game to watch. The lack of ego from O'Shea to always mm. want to give the ball to. Like, not, like we were on about it last week with Clifford, like there, or with Ganey and Clifford. But the ballot, mm. there's an awful, beautiful lack of ego there from Sean O'Shea, who knows this is mm. my boy, get him the ball, he buries it. Now, Sean O'Shea, exactly. the six or seven himself. And then what I liked about Kerry then is Clifford goes off after the second water break. Tommy Walsh comes on, nothing changes. Yes, there's a different direction in the ball in terms mm. of there's a few long diagonal balls, but it's still the same structure. Paul O'Shea comes on, still the same structure, and it's still played at the, the way they wanted to play it, you know? Exactly. Let's let's use this then to talk about Dublin, um, because I have a question for both of you on, and I, I just want to go a wee bit deeper into that, that maybe the discipline that's required for Sean O'Shea, that lack of ego, uh, and you're talking about, Paddy, you're talking about the set play of that second mm-hmm. Kerry goal where Spillane finds O'Shea, and it's, it's, no, it's no fluke that for both Kerry goals, David Clifford is celebrating and roaring with Sean O'Shea there, and they're high-fiving. Mm-hmm. We've seen it so many times. So, Dublin, 23 shots, or 23 scores out of 23 shots, 85% shooting efficiency. Now, I know clubs all around the country are trying to get into the 70s with their shooting efficiency. <laughs> you, know, you know, whatever it is, um, they're trying to get to that level. Randomly, or not randomly this week, you know, Kerry Dublin in, in Terlis, we did a classic game club yesterday where we look back at the All-Ireland quarterfinal in 2001. Paddy, I don't know if you were there. Your brother Patter was obviously playing. Was, well, yeah. You were, you were there in the ground that day. So we I was at it, yeah. back at it. Do you know what Dublin shooting efficiency was that day? I'd say about 30%. It was 41. 
41 percent. I remember they missed a couple of goal chances and stuff. Yeah, yeah Collie Moore had a great chance. Desi Fart hit the crossbar. Off the half crossbar, time, yeah. Half time was 16 percent. They came back and they won it. But sorry, I'm I'm going on here a bit too long. How much discipline is required when you have somebody who can score from like in Durante County footballers? They can score from anywhere inside the 45. How much discipline is required to work it the way that Kilkenny and Sean O'Shea are doing it to always find the man in a bit of space with 30 yards out? There was a huge focus from us, Tommy, kind of starting with. With, with Jim Gavin and I'd say if you look from Jim starting out each year the, the shooting percentages were getting better and better and better and I think Dublin kicked three wides on on, on Sunday Cormac Costello missed two of them and one that stood out for me which was the most un-Dublin like thing and, and I'll explain why was Davy Byrne caught a mark from full back out on the right on the left hand sideline <laughs> and he took a shot himself on his right foot right on his weak foot, foot. I would not have been surprised if Jim Gavin was still the manager that he probably would have taken him off for that. I couldn't believe seeing it, looking at it, because it's so it's such a low percentage shot. And Dublin over the last four or five years have gone completely away from that. And and, and like exactly what you're saying, Paul Mannion, Conor Callahan, Dean Rock, I've no doubt that they probably could kick the ball over from the sideline seven, eight times out of ten, but they don't take it on because the whole team and the whole forward unit know exactly where's the highest percentage score. And if it takes us two or three minutes to keep the ball and work it around the arc and go in and bring it back out to the far side of the pitch, we'll keep working it until we get a ball on the D in front of the post to one of our shooters. And it's that is a huge discipline. And, and it took a number of games, a number of years for Dublin to do that. But that's, that's what I'm talking about with Kerry. This pure sign of a forward unit and a forward line working together is not the amount they score it's where they score from and, and when you see teams clipping the ball over in front of the post from 30 yards going how in God's name did they keep getting the ball there that's why Dublin scoring percentage is always 75, 80, 85% because you know if I'm on the side like even though yeah it's maybe a, a 6 out of 10 I'm not taking it on because there's going to be a better option inside and that, that is what Dublin are so so efficient and that's why you see them Every game, it might be two or three wides max. What you was know, the, the crazy? Oh, we, we were always, I would say, eight, 80, 85 percent. If you're taking a shot in a less percentage range than that, you're going to have serious questions to answer to the coaches, to your teammates, going, Why in God's name are you taking that shot? And I've no doubt that Davy Byrne taking a shot from a mark on his weak foot from the sideline, he would have been absolutely pulled on that on Monday night or Tuesday night, whenever Dublin were training. What would have been because said? It's just, uh, he would have. I wouldn't even say it would have got to the coaches. I think the players themselves would have had strong words. It's just it's 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 not how they operate. Um, and like I say, other than that, Costello had two wides and everything else was. Well, a no, no, the penalty. There was obviously the penalty. Oh, the penalties. Sorry, yeah. Well, he's missed his penalties. Um, but but apart from that, in terms of the, the scoring percentages, that's what Dublin are trying to do, and that's why you could see Kerry kind of getting towards that. Now, Costello had an amazing game. I mean, he's been given an opportunity. Dean Rock is out. Paul Mannion's obviously stepped away. People are waiting on Costello to come through, and he scores one thirteen for you know. So really, really efficient. I'm not going to slate him for missing two penalties in the one match. I'll tell you a funny story. I took one penalty for Dublin in my entire career. I think Andy was, surely enough, of course, it was against Mayo okay. in 2017 in the National League. So it was around March time in Croke Park. And it was my uh, it was my first game back. I'd been injured. Uh, so I came on for the last 15 minutes. And literally, I was on the pitch a minute. And Dean Rock got filled into Hill 16. And he got a bad bang and he was injured. So... I kind of said, Jesus, I might actually take this here. But first touch of this, I'm going first touch of the season, and I'm going to be able to score a goal at the Hill 16. I was like, lovely, what a start to the year. So Dino goes off, and I pick up the ball, and I'm doing the whole Cristiano Ronaldo stance, really, really confident. And then it just hits me as I'm standing there taking the penalty. David Clarkson's goal is about nine foot tall, so he's taken up pretty much the entire goal. Uh, and I realise I haven't taken a penalty since probably the mid nineties playing Fela. So I'm a little bit nervous. The, the the air of confidence is fading away very, very quickly. So sure enough, I step up to take this penalty. First touch of the season. And I mean, it barely reaches the goal. Dribbles to the corner. And David Clark saves it. But the way he saves it, it kind of spins back out to me. Right in the middle. I was like, Jesus, right. Perfect. I've got another chance here. But the ball was kind of spinning. So I said, don't rush in and try and slash at it. Because you could slice it wide again. He'd look like even more of a Muppet. So I take my time with this. Clark is on the ground at the corner. So nothing can go wrong here. Just get a good strike. Head down, strike the rebound. 
And as I look up, somehow, I've never seen a man move as fast in my life. David Clark has gone from one corner of the goal, uh-huh. full stretch to the other side of the goal, saves the rebound. And now I'm really up shit's creek. I'm like, God, the ball comes to me for a third rebound. I just lunge at it. But the Mayo lads are in there as well. So I don't know even who makes contact. Hits off um, David Clark again. Three chances to score from the penalty spot. Missed them all. And Mayo cleared the ball. And we won the game in the end, but that was my only penalty I ever took with Dublin. A complete and utter. <laughs> but the next night of training, thank God Dublin won, because the Tuesday night, this is what I'm talking about, Davey Burns probably facing. We're doing a quick review of the game in the dressing room. And uh, kind of going off, I think I might get away with this. Jim mightn't say anything because we won the game. And just as he's finishing, he turns around, he's like, and you, Paddy Andrews, when is the last time you took a fucking penalty? And the lads are, I'm like, oh no, Jesus, I'm under pressure here. I was kind of froze. And the lads are all, the lads are sniggering. I can hear a few lads laughing in the background because they know, and I'm thinking of something to say. And Costello, quick as a light, puts his hand up. We'd been on holidays in Jamaica six weeks before, just on the team holiday from last year's All-Ireland. And Costello pipes in and goes, ah, Jim, I seen him take a penalty on the beach in the five side in Jamaica and he scored it. And it was a great strike as well. <laughs> and the whole place erupts laughing. And to be fair, even Jim Gavin, he didn't laugh. He didn't say anything. He just had a little smile on his face and he walked out and I never breathed a sigh of relief as much. <laughs> so Karma Costello got me out of jail with that. So I can't come on here and say, how did you miss two penalties in the game? Because they're harder than they look, lads. And I'm telling you. And, and I, never, I never took a penalty again, even for the club after that. I never Brilliant. Again. That's great stuff. Yeah. Brilliant. But I think that Davy Byrne uh, is, uh, brings us on to, to Scully, uh, that Davy Byrne missed because... It's it, it's fascinating because I, I was watching the game, Davy Byrne taking off the right foot. I was like, never did that against me. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> he takes this one off the right leg. But even like from the outside looking in, it was it was it was a very strange decision for him to do that. But yeah, I don't know uh, if you've seen it, lads. Bringing it on to where, where we're going and comparing to Sean O'Shea to the two boys, Kilkenny and, and Scully. So when Scully moves or when Kilkenny moves into the full forward line, you're thinking who are you gonna who's gonna take over here? Scully has taken over that half forward line. So he's mm-hmm. taken over the team. His pass for Davy Byrne for that shot, it looks so simple. But if you think about it, right, he's outside the 45. He knows it. Like, you know, he, I'd say he's shouting mm-hmm. at Davy Byrne, Mark. You know, I'd say he's mm-hmm. shouting at him when he, when he grabs the ball. Mm-hmm. It's simply, it's brilliant. And his whole performance from minute one to the 17th minute, he's tackling someone down at the corner back position. He's pushing them out. He was just yeah, superb, yeah. lads. He links the play. He's just. To be honest with you, we, we talked about him last week and not to harp on about him, but he's such a good player to watch. I, I really enjoy watching him. Uh, 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 I thought, and I, Andy, I thought he was the best player on the pitch by a mile oh, last yeah. weekend. Um, yeah, and he had, one of, you're exactly, he had one of the first half outside of the right foot to Cormac Oslo for one of Cormac's first scores from play. It was like a 60-yard kick. And, and the next play gets, there's nothing on, so he just solos the ball and controls the tempo whatever way you want to do it. And that's, that's the beauty, I suppose, of Dublin at the best, but particularly Niall Scully. It's like, okay, is there a long kick pass on? He has the skills to execute that. If it's not on, he has the composure and the, the know-how to keep the ball and work other guys into the game. And he was immense on on Sunday. Like I said, he cruised through that game. Um, to me, Kieran Kilkenny used to do that for Dublin. He used to set the tempo. Mm. He'd get all these touches mm. if you had her on the half-forward line. So there's the fact that Scully is now playing at this level. I know he has been for the last well, year well, or it, so. it, it's, it's allowing, Tommy, it's allowing Kieran to play inside. Which, like, that was Kieran's probably natural position when he was younger. He, he was mm. racking up unbelievable scores through mine under the 21. And even seen it at the weekend, reasonably quiet for his standards are, are so high. But the last 10 minutes, he's playing inside and he scores three points from play. Like, he is a hand, if Kieran gets the ball inside... The twenty-one so around the D. He's so hard. Him or he's getting the shot off, and it looks like it allows the flexibility for Dublin for him to go inside. Now, if things are going wrong and they're under a bit of pressure, he can come out very similar to what Michael Murphy does with Donegal and control the game. But Scully's emergence and the quality that he's playing and the confidence he's playing at gives Dublin just more options, and it makes them even more dangerous for their opponents. It does. And then, Paddy, that one that you were talking about, I'm running up the sideline. Like, he's moving at such pace. He's flying mm-hmm. up the sideline. Like, he's he's a really good... You know, he's a really good carrier of the ball. He's a really good, good kicker. Like, between himself and Kilkenny, the last day, they get nine direct assists, right? So, Scully yeah. gets four in the first half. Kilkenny, between winning freeze and actually laying the ball off. Like, he, he actually... When I was looking at the game first, I thought... 
listen, this man has, uh, he, he, you know, he's shaking off the cobwebs where we go. He gets five direct assists and scores four yeah. points. You know, and like, you take that, yeah. Yeah, exactly what Paddy is saying there. It's like the whole money ball side of it, uh, Tommy, mm. you know, like who was really contributing. And the two boys that contributed hugely last Sunday and hugely last year right through were Scully and Kilkenny. And Paddy, I, I think it's hit the nail on the head where he says, Scully playing at that 10 role, managing that half forward line and being that link between forwards and backs allows Kilkenny now to go inside, which makes it just, you know, you're <laughs> matching up players. Who do you match up with Kilkenny? He's got size, he's got power, yeah. he can kick right mm-hmm. and left foot. I, he still seems very hungry to me. To me, he should have been footballer oh, yeah. of the year last year. He still seems very hungry in terms of, like, there's something there that he's still, he's still fighting for. And he, but, but, but he what, what, what it does, Andy, if he's inside, it's no coincidence then that the, the oppose, opponent's best defender is trying to pick up Kieran. That gives Cormac Costello more space mm. to kick some scores. Yep. Conor Callahan was reasonably quiet the other day. Yeah. But if Con, imagine Con, Con imagine score. and Kieran both. Yeah. And, and that's look, there'll be days like that as well. He was doing work for the team. It wouldn't be surprised for Con to go out and score 1 5 against Kerry this weekend. And, and that, when those guys are seeing, it just gives more options and more headaches for the opponents. We, and, we, and the beauty, like we're saying with Kerry, they can switch positions. Kian, Kieran, Cormac Costello, they can all play half forward, full forward. Uh, but what Scully's emergence, he can take on that role as a link player. And he's just so efficient with the ball. I mean, there's no mistakes. There's no, he doesn't give the ball away. There's no bad kick passes, no, nothing over hit. It's on the money. And it's such an addition to Dublin. I want to come to Roscommon Galway in a moment and get there by going through the kickouts. What else impressed you about Dublin, Paddy? Just their, their efficiency. Like within 10 minutes, you had a fair idea that that game was going to go the way it was going to go. And uh, like I say, three wides in the whole game. Nothing. D- Dublin, people are going to ask, well, what makes Dublin so Dublin don't give you anything. They don't make silly mistakes. They don't give away loads of scorable frees. They work the ball to the scoring zone. And their skill level, even though that was their first game back, everything was on them. When exactly what we're talking about, Kerry handling, their shooting, their kick passing. And this is, it's, it's funny, the amount of people since I've retired who ask me, and it's nearly a bugbear of mine in terms of GA as a whole, what do Dublin do? Dublin must be doing something off the wall and training to, to have the success they've had. They must be doing, what's the secret to doing this? And you see so many coaches and club teams, county teams, they focus on their athletic development or they're working in their strength and conditioning in the gym or they spend the whole time doing tactics and all this really, really convoluted stuff. I get that they are really important things for teams to try and maximise the potential, but the amount of work Dublin have done over the last 10 years in training on, on just skills, catching the ball, kicking the ball, hand passing. If you watch the Dublin training session, you'd be thinking, going, this is, they're taking the mick here. This, this is like something for an under 14 or a minor team. But that is, um, that is what Dublin do every single training session. Catching, kicking, 30-yard kick passes, 40-yard kick passes, handling drills, and you see it in the game. You see it in the game. And that, you can see Kerry doing that as well. Moves don't break down. Dublin are at the best. They're so slick. Their transitions are so quick because the skills are just being executed on the money and their efficiency. It wasn't really, it wasn't a great game to watch. It wasn't the most exciting, but Dublin just controlled that game from literally the first minutes. And that's, I made a point on Twitter, like Roscommon conceding kickouts and letting Dublin have the ball like that. What like if you give Dublin the ball and let them have it, that's just completely defeating the purpose of like Roscommon trying to get set up an engagement line fifty or sixty yards from goal and hoping that Dublin will turn the ball over. That is just not going to work. If you want to be successful against Dublin, and you'll see by Kerry this weekend, they're going to push up on the kickouts and try and get take Dublin out of their comfort zone, um, because otherwise, if you let Dublin have the ball, they're, they're so efficient, they're so comfortable. You're, you're, yeah. you're not going to win the game. Simple as that. The, the, you, whole, the whole country, Paddy, is waiting for Cluxton to retire. Like, like, mm. <laughs> let, 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 let's make no bones about it, right? And Cluxton is a plane. You don't give them the kick out then. You're shielding goals there thinking, yeah. you, know, you, you at least have to put them under pressure. Don't give them the don't give them the out. I think he might have put the first one or two out mm. over the sideline, put one of them out over the sideline. Side yeah. And so now is the time to squeeze and really put them under pressure. Cluxton isn't there, your main man. Then you're in trouble. But like Tommy, you're on about uh, what impresses. Yeah. What impress what impressed me. Again, it's their decision making on the field. So mm. if you look at Roscommon, they win their first four or five kickouts. You're thinking, what what's going wrong here? Do you know Dublin aren't pushing on? Again, you have no mere furniture coming into you now, and all of a sudden Dublin just squeezed the kickout. 
bang yeah. it's literally that kick out of, I think there's one from behind the goals where you just see yeah. James McCarthy yeah, 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 yeah. and you just see him squeezing and all of a sudden the game's over once you do that yeah. game's over the ball gets kicked out someone blocks off man Fenton, Fenton jumps up and catches the ball and with that moment the game as a competition after 10 yeah, it was. was over. So it, that's what impressed me about about Dublin, the decision-making on the field. So in terms of squeezing the kick-out and pushing up on the Dublin kick-out, that's obviously something that Mayo got so right. And it's why they were able to challenge Dublin in so many ways. You were able to challenge them so well on, on Cluxton's kick-out. You know, put them under pressure. Hmm. Are Kerry going to be able to do that? You saw them push up on Bernard Power at the weekend. The reason we could do it is because we had, phys- we had physical units around the middle of the field who could physically mm. run with the Fentons and the McCarthy's and these guys. And that's the reason we could compete. Now, you have to remember the last time me as a player was part of a team that bet Dublin was 2012, okay? So we did really well, but we never... We uh, never we uh, and Andy, I'll tell you, from our perspective, getting the ball out of the defence against Mayo was the hardest challenge. Mm. And, and that's and, why they were successful. And it wasn't necessarily the kick-out. It was the second phase. So if Mayo conceded the ball short from Crocco, we'll chip it short to, to Mick Fitzsimons or Johnny Cooper or something. Mayo's press after that mm. was what, and Killian O'Connor was brilliant at it. Such a horrible man to play against. Yeah. He's just getting his hands on you. He's slowing the ball. He might give away a free and just slowing the whole transition down. Kevin McLaughlin the same, Andy the same. Just, it was the press from the Mayo forwards. It was a real hardness and, and work rate from them. And that's what made it so difficult. Not necessarily the first kick out long and Aidan O'Shea might win it over yeah. James McCarthy's head or anything like that. It was the whole forward unit pressing. And that's why it was so disappointing to see Ross Common's approach of just giving the ball. Ross Common were trying to set up an engagement line. They were bringing the forwards out to around the 45, if you look back at it, and trying to tackle from there. But Dublin had all the momentum, so composed on the ball. Like, that is not going to work. That style of play against Dublin or against Kerry, if you give teams that are that good. I'd actually put Donegal and look at Donegal's performance against Toronto. I think they're quite good at it as well. If you give those teams the ball, they're not going to just kick it back to you. Like that, Roscommon's tactics was nearly like a Division 2 team. Like, and it just seemed like, you know, particularly like I say, with a new goalkeeper and goal, Roscommon had the wind at their back in the first half. Push up on the kickouts. It's, it's, it's a bravery. It's a, it's a mentality. And by conceding it and letting them have it, and Kerry will not do this. Kerry will be, whether it's Cluxton and goal, whether it's Shields or Evan Comfort, Kerry are going to be pushed. They'll have their half-back line up at midfield. They'll have their midfielders pushed up to the 65 and their six forwards will be shouting and roaring and trying to get a hand on the ball. And, just and that's that, what Mayo did well against Dublin and why we struggled with. On that press, and for the way you do, Tommy, just quickly, sorry, on that press. So I was the weakest tackler of the six of us up top, okay? So if we were playing against Cluxton, I would go to the left, like Cluxton's left, like, because he'd have to open his body to kick yeah, it to the, yeah, yeah. to the to the left corner back. It wasn't just run into a position. Get your. We were still trying to target you, Andy. We we're trying to get Cluck out. We were trying to get Cluck out to use his rifle to kick it out there. I was like, where we could, like, please don't come near me. So that's Put why Jack I, McCaffrey yeah, on Andy yeah. Moore in there. That's because I was so. That's why I was so loud. I was always asking for help. So like Killian used to go there. <laughs> so we were hoping that Cluck, if Cluckson had to go short, he had to go to either Cluckson or Killian's or Jason Darty's side. Because yeah. them boys were really good at tactics, so they used to squeeze it. Then yeah. I could kind of just—I was good at spaces come across, and yeah. yeah, come across. So there was thought in it. What I'm saying is, there you hear Cluxton isn't playing with five minutes before the game. You're saying, right, lads, we're switching this here now. Come on, pull them over oh. to a tactics board, and you get 100%. them moving. Now I would say Roscommon generally, Tommy, we're, we're we're happy enough with it, but uh, yeah, we'll probably move on to them in a minute. Yeah, well, just just really really quickly, guys, because. We don't want this to become a two-hour, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, yeah. marathon of a podcast. Yeah. So, because um, we have all summer long to get into a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, what do you expect from Kerry Dublin at the weekend? And I, I want this in 30 seconds. What do you think Peter Keane wants? He come out afterwards and said he's not going to read too much into the result. It could have gone either way. You know, maybe, <laughs> I think I think, Keane's, I think Keane's humour sometimes gets kind of hidden sometimes, or maybe he's trying to bury the hype a bit too hard. Uh, Andy, what do you want to see in Kerry Dublin this weekend? I think the Kerry Dublin game last year in Crow Park in the league was a symbol of where the two teams really are. Uh, I think they're the two best teams in the country. Um, and I think if we get something to that regard, Brawley was on about Gagan pressing and all this heavy mental football, which doesn't really add up, but he was on about them pressing. Kerry pressed Dublin in 2019, had them under serious, serious pressure from the kickout. But then Jack McCaffrey got the goal and they kind of panicked a tiny bit. They're back at that now again. They're pressing the kick out. I'd love to see them doing that again and see can they really put their defenders and midfielders under pressure. What do you want to see, Paddy? The, the, 
that's exactly what's going to happen. Kerry are going to press. Dublin are going to press. Both teams will be 15 on 15. They'll try and engineer an extra defender somewhere on the pitch in the transition, but it'll be a case when Kerry are kicking the ball, Dublin are pushing all the way up their half-backs are going to be on the midfield line. Kerry are going to do the same to Dublin. It's going to be brilliant to watch because that's those two teams are at their best when they play on the front foot. Um, and that's the only way to beat each other. Like Kerry won't beat Dublin by sitting back and Dublin won't be carried by trying to sit back and, and absorb pressure. Both teams will play in the front foot and they'll push up and I think it's going to be a brilliant game. Galway and Roscommon are obviously on the same side of the Connacht draw, Andy. What, like what, how can Galway bounce back from that? They're like, what, what would that dressing room be like this week? How can they bounce back from that this weekend? It all depends. I, I think they, they, they don't have a choice. They, they have to. I, yeah. Like personally now, I, we, I sat here last week, I said, listen, the pretenders are Donegal, Tyrone, Mayo, Galway and Kerry. Galway aren't a pretender to the All Ireland Championship. <laughs> there's no way, there's no way you're pulling back at 22 point deficit against one of the nearest challengers. You're not doing that. Now, does that mean Galway can't win a Connacht Championship? Absolutely not. But he, like Galway, Roscommon, and Mayo are going to be really tight battles, really close battles. So this game on Sunday or this weekend is absolutely huge for Galway. Them four fellas I mentioned with uh, O'Donnell, uh, Gary O'Donnell, Heaney. Conroy and then the two boys up front Comer and uh, Shane Watch. Walsh literally have to grab that team now and pull them together and get a performance they'll get a performance they'll get a bounce and th- then they'll be away but they need just a performance from minute one to 70 and if the result goes their way then I think they'll be happy enough for that but, but Andy I think if you hit the nail on the head there and uh, Tommy just quickly were touching on it you know Galway and Roscommon are not all-Ireland contenders. They're in Division 1, but there, there's clearly a gap there from, from getting to where the Donegals, uh, Tyrone, uh, even Dublin and Kerry are. And even Mayo, like Mayo weren't really that worried about a Connacht title. Mayo stole, even though they've had huge turnover in the panel, is to win the All-Ireland. Whereas, going Roscommon, I mean, Roscommon watching the game, it's infuriating looking at them. Like, what, are, what level are they trying to get to? Like, like, by, like by conceding the kick out and things like that, the, the forwards they have, they've really nice players, Roscommon. They've nice forwards, you know, the Smiths, uh, Tony Smith and the Smiths, the Murtas, these guys. Like, if you give them three or four yards of space, they're, they're lethal, they're great forwards, but you're not going to get three or four yards of space at the highest level. And, and Ross Common are relegated one year from Division 2. They win that, they come up, they get relegated again. It's a yo-yo team. They might make a Connacht Championship. They're just nice to play against. For some, counties, none of that. For some counties, though, that's... That is. And, and, and that's what I mean. and maybe that's the case. Maybe maybe that's what, what Poacher and, and, and Cunningham are trying to do. They're going, look, we know by conceding the kick out against Dublin, we're kind of damage limitation. And you might look on the flip side and say, well, look, if they went man to man like Galway tried to do against Kerry and they lose by 20 points, that's the flip side of it. But Galway probably their game plan was more courageous because Galway are trying to take a next step and push into all our contenders. And they can see if we want to get to that level. Level. This is the style of play we have to play. Whereas Ross Common, I just get the sense, like any time we were playing Ross Common in Hyde Park or Crow Park, it was going to be a nice game of football. There was no nastiness, there was no steeliness. Like, say, their forwards pulling lads down, coming out of the fence, you know, like Mayo would at their best, or or Dublin do it as well, or, you know, Damien Comer or Conor Callahan, where one of their forwards get the ball and it's head down and going straight at the goal and being ruthless and being clinical. And, and Ross Common and, and nearly Galway as well in that category, where's the edge? Where's the hard? Like, no team in Division 1 should be losing a match by 20 points in Galway's position. And for Galway and Ross Common, for them to, to really push on and start maximising they need to have that little bit of edge through them. And, and that's why this weekend is important for, for both sides. I'd be amazed if Park Joyce doesn't get a, get a serious response out of that Galway team. And, and in the first 20 minutes, I want to see their six forwards literally running around like demons trying to win the ball back, trying to get in, tackles on. And when they have the ball, being really, really direct. Um, but, but like I say, I haven't seen them do it before. And I, and I haven't seen Ross Common do it in years. You know, so for them to, to be serious contenders and take the next step, they need to start getting that edge into their play, both sides. Okay, well, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens in that game. Um, I like that about edge and the edge that's required from forwards. Let's get to Donegal, Tyrone, Monaghan, Armagh. Let's move up to the north. Um, I'd love to use this section to talk about some of the coaches that have been kind of mixed and mashed around these different counties. In Donegal, Tyrone at the weekend, when you're talking about the press, there was a moment in the first half where there were seven Tyrone players mm. on the Donegal 20-yard line. Is that, are they lost? 
or are they trying to implement <laughs> are they trying to implement the pa- a pressing game because obviously Donegal come out with the ball you know I don't know what yeah. you did you see what you wanted to see from Tyrone this weekend I was I was quite impressed with them um, I thought they mm. they did they did okay um, for yeah. the first I definitely can see you can see a, a change where they're not oh like I'd be off with what, what people are doing with the ball and like the way Dublin used to create the, a press on a team is when they had the ball their defenders were now pushing up to be in a good offensive defensive or offensive defensive position if that makes sense so the mm. defenders were <laughs> high high up the field you know and Tyrone were definitely trying to kick the ball more they were 100% trying yeah, to kick yeah. the ball more they were taking shots on that they mightn't have taken before did that leave them a tiny bit open at the back yes it did but 100% you can see it change. But I think Paddy made the point, maybe off air, or maybe it might have been in the pod last week, where he was saying, this takes time. Dublin didn't just get where they got to. Yeah. You know, like, they were there 9, 10, and then all of a sudden they clicked in 11. And then, Joe, you know, they had the disaster against Tony Gall in 14. Then they go 15, 16, 17, and on, and, and do the Lewis Hamilton on it since. You know, so <laughs> they, 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 they have, you know, it does take time. I think the, the lads are in there, do her, and Fergal Logan, they're in there and they're they're definitely trying to implement something. Now, is yeah. that going to be enough moving forward? I don't know. You look at Paul Donahue, he definitely is a hope. But I've seen a stat yesterday, he touched the ball nine times in the game. Now, if you're only touching the ball nine times in the game, you're easily taken out of that game. So he needs to up his percentages to mm. get the touch of 16, 70 He touched it nine times in the game and he so, kicked so, so, yeah, so he came with his freeze. Jesus, take yeah. that. No, yeah, so would I. But you know yourself, Paddy, if you're only touching the ball at that limited, yeah. limited amount of time, uh, I know. The, the chances for you yeah. to get them shots off are going to be few and far between. And now teams, um, now teams know about them. Yeah, yeah McKenna, like McKenna looked rustier than he did last year after just coming home. So, like, but, 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 but Tommy, look, what you're saying, there was definite signs. Mm. And, and like, like we touched on last week, we didn't expect Toronto to come out and be the Harlem Globetrotters on, on, on Saturday night in their first match. You could see there were signs, and on Conor McKenna, they were trying to kick the ball in long, which and play a two-man full forward line, and that's like Richie Donnelly was kind of playing in around there. So you could see mm, that's a little bit different. Like ideally, that's going to be Colin McShane, and allows Conor McKenna to play out the field. But I think his athleticism is more useful to Tyrone. I think it was just because of, of injuries yeah. and stuff that he was the man inside in the square. But their style of play, their their press, yes, it was definitely noticeable that they were doing a little t- things a little bit differently. They were kicking the ball more. But on, on the flip side, I would say, like, they still, they, a lot of their forwards are still defensive type players. You, you know what I mean? Mm. Like they, they're playing Myler, Richie Donnelly, Kieran McGeary. They only, they only brought on Derek Canavan and Mark Bradley in the last 10 minutes. And you could see straight away, they're out and out forwards. They caught, like, Bradley kicked a great score. Canavan got fouled for free. Donaghy, like I say, he looks like a real a very unthrown forward like he's a scorer he is an out and out scorer and I know Andy it's a, he only touched the ball nine times he probably wasn't interested in doing anything else he just and Tyrone don't really have a player like that you know he is like he's a scorer and he's like Pippo and Zaggy in soccer I'm just going to stand here you give me the ball and I'm going to shoot but forget everything else and and that's the next step for Tyrone is are they going to start playing their out and out forwards because like Myler and McGeer and these guys they're good players but, but they're not forwards and you can see in some of their shooting like we're talking about execution and things like that. They're mm. great athletes. They're great transition players. So there's definitely tweaks in their system with Tyrone that you've seen straight. And that was only their first match. So I'd expect mm. that to improve over the next couple of weeks. Okay. But I think the next phase would be, can we get the out now forwards? Can we get, imagine a full forward line of, of McShane on the square and Canavan and Bradley and these guys coming off them. Mm. Um, that's a big threat. And on the, plus on the drawdown, I'd say some of their key players are probably a little bit quiet. Uh, Peter Hart, Maddie Donnelly, and stuff—it'll take them time. They've miles on the clock. That'll, they'll ease themselves in over the next couple of weeks. But, but for a first outing under the new coaches, there are definite signs that they are trying to tweak and be a little yeah. bit more offensive and on the front foot than they had in previous years. And they were a man short for a half, and mm, yeah. you know, Donegal had Michael Murphy, who was like that point in the <sighs> 69th minute, like where he just speeds through and clips over the bar. The man is in insane shape. Another fellow who's is not looking too bad himself is Paddy McBrearty. Now his shooting stats were probably a, a little bit off. He was definitely taking some shots from 40, 45 yards, but he was looking leaner. He was looking good um, at the weekend. So what what did Donegal what did Donegal need? Like what I suppose last year we really looked at him as being a team to we dismissed Calvin. We we pretty much dismissed Calvin and saw them as yeah. being the team that could challenge Dublin in the All Ireland semi final. I, I I really liked Donegal. 
I think they are a really, really, really good side. And from Dublin's perspective over the last couple of years, Dublin have nearly been waiting to play Donegal in the championship and they've they've just tripped themselves up a couple of times. And this, this is exactly what we're saying last week about Declan Bonner coming in and a manager taking time to really implement his game plan. You know, they had a very set style of play under Jim McGuinness. That went on to Rory Galler, who was essentially part of Jim McGuinness's team. So the style didn't change and they have five or six years have been really successful. Declan Bonner's come in and they are playing a more expansive side of play. And, and this is a year where I think Donegal are the best team in Ulster. We thought they would win Ulster and play Dublin in all Ireland mm. semi-final last year, but they tripped themselves up. They, they need to cut that out and, and, and get a run this year because they have the players. And when McBrearty, I know he was injured last year, he's such a huge mm. influence for them because McBrearty has that scoring threat. It again, like we said with the other teams, it allows Michael Murphy to go out and manage the game around the middle. Yeah. And they're like they're a really smart team. Like if you look at their forward setup, they knew they were playing Tyrone. Tyrone are going to flood the middle. Donegal's forwards just set up an arc really wide. Paddy McBrady, uh, Michael Langan, Kieran Thompson. They're standing out on the sideline. You're looking down the pitch and go, there's no Donegal forwards in the middle of the pitch because they know that's where all the Tyrone defenders are. It's a really set game plan and they'd work the ball around the arc. Kieran Thompson got a brilliant score off it. Paddy McBrady's going to come around on the loop on his left foot. That's an experienced team and a really efficient team. But McBrearty at his best frees up Michael Murphy. It takes score and pressure off Kieran Thompson, Michael Lang and these guys. And he's so important. They probably haven't got the depth of a carrier of Dublin where when Donegal lost McBrearty, that's a big loss. And if they yeah. lose Michael Murphy, Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, Michael Murphy's lost anyone. But, but yeah, last year's exactly. Well, that, that balance so the left. If those guys are if those guys are fit and they're playing well. You get the best out of Michael Murphy. You still have Ryan McHugh controlling the ball around the middle of the pitch. Donegal, similar to the Dublin, they don't do anything stupid. They don't kick mm-hmm. the ball away. They're very composed and controlled on the ball. And then they can get it to their lethal finishers. Like, the vari- I, I would have them as the best team in Ulster. Yeah. The variety from McBrearty impressed me. Um, okay. Like in the first 14 points, right? The 14 points kicked. McBrearty has five direct assists. Now, these are not mad assists. They're exactly what Paddy is saying. McBrearty is coming in off his right wing with his left foot. Fellas are panicking because they don't want him to shoot. It's just a little flick pass to the guy come O'Donnell mm-hmm. coming off him or Thompson coming on. That's a point, you know, or a free one. And then he has his four points in his right. So in 14 points, he's not, he, he's directly assisted or scored nine of them. Like that's huge mm-hmm. for an inside forward. And what Paddy's saying there, the over-reliance of Murphy in tight games to get these scores, the you know, taking the pressure off Langan, McNeilish, Thompson, and these guys that can shoot from outside on O'Donnell. I think McBrearty is key and I, I do agree with you. I do think he looks leaner. I think he looks like a guy who, listen, now, okay, I'm 10 years at this now. I've won my All-Ireland yeah. and I need to I need to push on here. And he, do, he does look like that guy and I really do hope for his sake that he stays injury-free and gets through That's it. the big thing. Now, on the flip side, of, the flip side of this is the weakness Tony Gall have, lads. Okay, one of my favourite players played on his slide YT Loved McGee's. <laughs> Not many forwards said that. You can quote that. I love the McGee's. Uh, I love now to have to play yeah, against them. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same, same, same. But, but, buffet, how many years did you play in college, Andy? You were talking yeah. about Jordanson last week. This was yeah, last year, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great, great crack, great lads, right? But Neil McGee marked Connor McKenna last week. Mm. Okay, Neil McGee, like you're, you're talking, you know, you're talking about a 35-year-old marking a guy back from the AFL. No, did a good job on him. But what happens, like, that's Neil marking their danger, man. Now, Neil, over the last couple of years, had a couple of injuries, which put him out of big games, and we're expecting this Donegal team to go and challenge Dublin and Kerry. I, I, I can see it from number seven to number, if you would take Ryan McEwen to it, number seven to number 15, I can see the brilliance. But from mm. two to, 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 to six... There, there, there is a lack of yeah. there is a lack of real man markers there that are and, and Andy, I, I, I think they know, they know that and, and that's why Dr. Bonner knows that and that's why they're, they're trying to get that style of play to protect those guns mm. you know and we're talking when you watch Kerry and Dublin this Sunday that's going to be man on man and if you're playing cornerback on either of those teams you're expected no matter who comes in whether it's David Clifford or Conor Callan you have to deal with him yeah. Donegal know they can't do that so, so they have to play their kind of unique style of play. They'll try and protect. They're going to get Paul Brennan to sit in front. Ryan yeah. McHugh has the energy to try and cover those positions. Why I don't have them right up there with Dublin and Kerry is that exact reason. I think they're, they're, they're top of the next tranche down. I, I, like I said, I think they're the best team in Ulster and they'll probably be the third best team. But 
can they play that style of play in Crow Park? And Crow Park is a big place to try and protect the defenders, you know. But yeah. they're such an experienced team and they're a really, really smart team. You can see in the way they attack, you can see in the way they keep the ball. That, that even though the guys might be slightly older and and it's probably not their strongest line, I do think they have the wherewithal and know how to protect them to a point. Um, and I think that would be enough for them to win Ulster. But um, yeah, like but no, I was impressed by them. I was impressed by them. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's both. In, I think it's interesting there that you're both picking out the. I suppose, like Steve McMinimum was a massive loss last year yeah. uh, in the Ulster final, mm. and uh, Owen Bon Gallagher's. Where's it was Bon? Oh, he wasn't playing at the weekend, was he? There's no, he's missing. No, he was injured. Do you know? So there's. The, he's he's more of a half for them, but a brilliant suppose, for them as well. But that depth behind that as well. Lads, yeah. I, I wanted to actually get stuck into Armagh, but what I think we'll do is we'll watch Armagh against Tyrone next week and. I would love to get your take on what you think is happening there. Um, is Donahue having an impact there already? Can I just say one thing on them? I, I didn't know much about Amaris. We hadn't played them much with Dublin. They hadn't been in Division 1. Jesus Christ. They played a million miles an hour from the throwing. Mm. All out attack from every. It was great to watch. They're my second uh, favourite team. Very interesting to watch. Some energy from all of, even in the 70th minute. Like So, well, yeah, sure. it'll be interesting to see them against Tyrone and we'll, we'll have a good chat about them next I week. think we'll get stuck in them next week because we, we actually, uh, the football pod is on Instagram, lads. Football pod underscore GAA. Are we trending? We, Are we going viral? Uh, no, no, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do you get a few media. likes in there, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I wouldn't but, be the best of the social media. The wife looks after oh, that. Geez. No we way. We need younger lads <laughs> on this pod. We need younger lads. And- okay. Well, listen, we got loads of comments in uh, and we, we don't have time to get to all of them, but there's a lot of interesting stuff that we can get back to later in the summer as, as the games go on. Sean McCreesh got in touch and said, thoughts on how Armagh will go this year. I think they have as good a front six that's in the country at the minute. So he's talking about Rory Grugan. He's talking about the two O'Neills. He's talking about... Uh, Andrew Mernon when he's fit Jamar Hall they've good footballers there Ma. Um, but as you said we'll see how they've gone against Tyrone next week and we'll come back to that um, I think Andrew Farrell, Mernon is key to them Mernon as the, as the, as the full forward just, he's different and he's hard he's, he, mm. he, can, he, can, he can do stuff that other guys can't so I think yeah. he's key let's see what happens next weekend yep. Ben Farrell has been in touch Tommy Conroy has put on about two stone and muscles by the looks <laughs> of things unit <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you make of Conroy at the weekend Andy? He had a, a big win. Yeah, he was brilliant, but he had a brilliant season last year. He's uh, yeah, he's, I like he's, him. he's a right exciting player. He uh, a, a, a great guy off the field, but like on the field, he's just taking you on. He's he's hunting for it, and I think he's just a great foil. He was a great foil for Killian last year, where you had Aiden and Killian inside, and you had this young grasshopper that was ready to go get the ball, win it first, win the first ball for the guys, and lay it off, Joe. What he gives you is he gives you a real goal threat. He gives you a huge goal threat because he what's, is... What's the nickname? He's rapid. It, well, he's not actually Tommy Goals, but he's, he stole that off Tommy Conroy from Kiltane. But he's... Uh, yeah, I think he's the new Tommy Coles part two, but he's, uh, he's, he's a great, great player. Andy, from our side of thing, when we were, we were preparing for the All-Ireland final against him last year, he is the type of forward male we're crying out for. Mm. That really electric. Killian's really clinical. Yeah. Aiden is, is a different type of player. They, they, they needed someone who's just direct, a handful. And, and that's why I think he, and that was, his, he had a really good breakout season last year. I'd be expecting big things from him this year. He's a really good player. And I think Mayo, we'll obviously talk a lot more about Mayo later as the summer go on. But, but just a quick note that when you watch Galway get that trimming at the weekend, and Mayo have the flip side, they have a big win, they're building. It's a, probably a place for them to build a bit of confidence and blood a couple of players over yeah. the next couple of weeks. So it's probably a good thing for Mayo to be in Division 2 this year. Paddy, really quickly, Ben Farrell also asked, Dublin must make room for Cormac Costello to start. What more can he do? Like, will Cormac Costello start for Dublin later in the summer? Hard to know, um, because you're looking at Dean Rock has to come back. Um, Sean Bugler has to come back. Paddy Small has played well. There is no doubt about Cormac Costello's ability. He is a phenomenal player and you've seen glimpses of that. If you and but he's been around a long time. Cormac Costello actually started the 2014 All Ireland semi final against Donegal, that famous game. He was only 19. So he's been around a long time. He won us in All Ireland in, in 2016 against Mayo coming off the bench. He has all the talent. It's can he stay injury free and can he be consistent in his play? Um, and you even seen it last year. He came on against Leash, I think, in, in the Lancet semi final and scored seven points as a sub, and then he got sent off in the next game. You know, his talent is never, ever, ever in question. It's his consistency. And if he does that, 
I mean, he he is again, he's a type of forward Dublin don't really have. He's different from Kilkenny, he's different from Conor Callahan, he's different from Dean Rock. Um, but the competition for places, all he can do is when he gets the chance, do what he did on on Sunday, bar missing the penalties. And mm. uh, and he'll get a chance. It'll be interesting to see who he goes against Kerry this weekend. Mark O'Shea has said thoughts on the job that Billy Lee has done with Limerick. Like we, we didn't mention last year's provincial winners, Tipperary or Calvin, both losing um the first day out. Uh, yeah. shout out, I suppose, to Enda McGinley, who got his first win uh, yeah. as an inter-county against, manager against Loud. Like hurts. But yeah. the thing is, like you know, uh Brian Kenna has said it'd be, it'd be great to hear some in-depth analysis of games outside division one. It's so difficult to go outside division one. We literally did 50 minutes here on you know Kerry's attacking unit. And I suppose when we're talking about that carry attacking unit and you're talking about that shooting efficiency that we had earlier on and you're talking about the Dublin hitting 85%, I have a question for you, Andy. Do you think that other counties around the country can realistically aim to hit that 85%? Did Was that what Mayo's target was or what was Mayo's target? You spoke last week about 20 points being the the, the golden number. Yeah, well, they, they were always our, that was always our target to get to when we played against the likes of Dublin. But you have to realise every opposition you play against is different. So you're playing against Dublin, you're going to see less of the ball. So, Joe, do you, you might have to take a shot that the Dubs might... That Joe, you, I just think it changes with every team you have. You have to play the parts that you have. And what we're describing there against, uh, for Donegal, just say, for instance, if you're playing with Neil and you want to play Neil McGee on the, on the full back line, you have to give him protection. So that may, may make you play with five forwards instead of six and seven, do you know what I'm saying? So everything changes. Now, can you get to the 85% shot efficiency? I think you can. But a lot of your game plan could be based around the kickout. So if you need to get the ball, you need to shoot the ball, you need to kick it wide, it might be on the kickout. You mightn't be too worried about the first phase shot. You might be worried about the, the, the kickout and winning it and try to catch them on the, on the attack. So I think it changes for everyone, but I definitely think that success leaves clues, as they say. So what Dublin does leaves clues. What Paddy said there about Dublin being working on their skills for over 10 years of training, you, you know, all that sort of stuff leaves kind of clues. The hunger that Kerry provided at the start of that second half, that's a clue. You can work on stuff like that. And then the 85% efficiency comes when you get better at all the other small parts. The, the big thing I'd say in a Tommy for the counties and why Dublin were able to do it, that was, that was what we set out what we wanted to do. And Dublin had the depth of forwards that if you started if you didn't buy into that and it's not natural because forwards are forwards the egomaniacs they want to kick scores themselves yep. and in lots of counties the top player will take his shots and you see it in club games I'm brutal with my own club I want to shoot I want to score if you did that with Dublin and you missed you were gone you were on the bench and Kevin McMenon was taking her spot or Arno O'Gara was taking her spot or Cormac Costello was taking her spot. Dublin had the depth where if you didn't buy into that and you started playing selfishly, you were out the door. It's harder where in other counties, if you're the star man and you know no matter what you do really, you're going to play and, and your place isn't under threat, it's harder to get that buy-in. But I think if you see what Kerry did and the improvement in their attacking play, if you can get to that stage where your, your team is working together and you're making your teammate beside you more efficient and making him better, that's a key thing for, for improving your, your team, whether it's in Division 1, whether it's in Division 4, or whether it's in your club team. It's, it, it's a big ask, but it's hard to implement. Yeah. Now I, let's come back to that again. Like It's fascinating stuff, lads. Um, I have a confession to make. I wrote down our predictions last week, but I didn't write down the names beside them of who called what. So I don't think there's any point even going through the predictions. Andy yeah. Tip Galway. Andy Tip Galway. I most certainly did not. I got clear <laughs> I got clear against Leash. That's all I know. I got Leash. I back Leash. Only Jesus. one of us only one of us tipped only goal. Uh one of us tipped down. I don't know who that was. Only one of us Andy. tipped our man. It was you, Tommy. You tipped down. <laughs> I tipped down. You tipped I? down. One, yeah, one of us tipped now. Kildare. I think that was Andy, was it? Andy uh, or no Paddy. Paddy you no, tipped Kildare. No, I, I did I just Jack O'Connor that was a great shout. Yeah, they were looking good. And uh, obviously, Meade won, you know. It was, they That's were very, given, very lucky. No even, I'll be honest, no I, I, I watched them the They were very lucky. The subs kind of came good at the end. Um, last question was from Ronan Flanagan. How many Roscommon jerseys does Andy own? Oh, good man, Ronan. Uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, go quiet on that one. I'll go quiet on that one. Yeah. I, love, I love the needle at Roscommon and Andy. I, re- I can't <laughs> wait for Mayo. But if Mayo play Roscommon in the championship, I'm spending the week down there. I can't wait to yeah. see it. You've, yeah, You've been listening to the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. This is episode two. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Um, you'll find us 
on any podcast platform. The easiest place is the OTB Sports app. You just hit follow on the series there. Lads, before we wrap up, any final business? Like, give me a, give me a word. Carry your Dublin next week, Paddy. Ooh. One word. Dublin. I'm going for it. Dublin. Andy? Kerry. Hey. It just means more to them. It has I'm gonna, to. I'm going to go with Dublin. I'm going to go with Dublin. I think Peter Keane's going to try and kill the hype and he's going to play a load of kids. He's not even going to care about it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't Any, think so. Anything else, lads, before we wrap up? Oh, it's just great to no. be back. Brilliant. Lovely what stuff. Did, what say, uh, just on the point, Tommy, I know lads, we're, we're very focused on Division 1, but I think when the championship starts and we're, we're focused on the actual provincial championships, we'll be talking about all the counties and all the teams. So we will get around to it. It's, it's just hard when there's... 100%. 100%. Every game, there's 20 games at the weekend. Hey, we'll definitely if, get to it. If, and people, like, if people want to see a Division 4, check out uh, Paddy Cunningham's point. Oh, here. wow. Seen it, yeah. yeah, loved it. This is loved what we it. should do. We should yeah. pick out our point of the weekend. Oh, yeah. That's what we should do. So, who cool. was it? Was it Owen Cleary with a sideline for Claire on the left? For Claire, yeah. Oh, what a score! Yeah, I'm giving it to my, I'm giving it to my buddy Cunningham anyway. Outside Andy, the left, he the nice. You were in college guy. with him as yeah. well, and I was. Yeah, I was. I certainly was. Yeah, but he, he goes. Uh, who I have you not been in college with? Anyone from Sligo up? I think I was in college. With. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, King of the he, Northwest. Ah, uh, but he, I, the old Preds on him, the manias on him. Outside ah, the left. Magic. What a footballer. Still, still living the bunch of class. Bunch of class. Okay, brilliant. Well, we're, we're going to look for our, uh, our score of the week again next weekend. And we want to hear about the shy trainer of the week. We're gonna, I'm going to come back into this. I'm convinced I'm going to make this happen. Right, that's it. Episode 2 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. Thanks for listening in.